Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I well, on Offbeat, Stats and Jacks. I'm Tim Al. And Weber on the board. SB Futures down 21. And SA Futures down 83. So we had a little bit of a blip up yesterday. We'll run up on the close. And then all of a sudden, uh, kind of heading south again. It's been a pretty crummy September. And it looks to be adding today. We'll see how that... Uh, pans out. Do we have Mr. Brandon? Yes, I'm here. And uh, you know, the thing about uh, crummy September is it's almost over. Um, yeah, well, that doesn't mean <laughs> the market's going to stop going down. You know, sometimes we've had bad Well, October. but it won't be a crummy September after Friday. Uh, <laughs> this is true, but we got, you know, we got four more days we could go down. Hopefully we will not, but uh, well, we can also go up a little bit. How are you? Did you arrest those rodents? Uh, well, you know, I still I got my car back last week, but uh, we're still waiting for the for the car dealer in Indiana to give us the other car back, the Outback. Um, so we're halfway there. We do have our garage fully uh, completed right now with the doors, and we're spraying the rodent repellent around the outside of the the car and the outside of the garage. So we're doing the best we can right now. Um, did you have them covered? No, they were outside in the driveway because our garage had not been finished yet. But, you know, we we used to have the house right next door to where we currently have our Michigan house. And, well, there was one time I had some fraying of wires by, by rodents, but at least I could drive the car back to Chicago at that time. But we were there for over five years and only had that one minor incident. This time, the little guys got uh, two cars in two weeks and totally destroyed them. Wow. The dude across the street from Audrey likes to cover his, so he finds nests in his heater and stuff every once in a while. They, they, if you cover them, but you, you, you know, that will. Covering won't work because no. they'll get in under the That's covers. what I'm saying. It makes it worse. They're, they're more protected. Yeah. Anywho. Yep. They feel warmer. They, they feel warmer. They, they cuddle up in the, in the warmth of the engine. But, like in my case, it happened within a couple of hours they got in there. Maybe they had done some damage, wow. but finished it off in a couple of hours with, uh, with the second car. Uh, we had left it there while we went on a trip, so it was there for 10 days. So it was just like, come get me. But we, we've we now been putting the cars, we we have a two-car garage now that with the door fully functional closing, so we are we feel like we're in better shape. Um, how about a cat? Uh, well, I'm allergic to cats, so that's not going to work very well for me. Oh, that's well. what they did. My brother lives in Logan Square, and uh, they were having all kinds of uh, rat problems in that area because small bar a little neighborhood bar is right there in the corner so the bar owner uh got three feral cats that just kind of live in the neighborhood now and they haven't had a rat problem since hmm. <laughs> like these these three cats you know they leave food out for the cats uh so they're somewhat 
tame, but they live outside and they uh, mm-hmm. they they hunt rats all day. And it got rid of the problem pretty much instantly. Now, I assume it would do the same for mice, but then but you but you'd have cats running around. Well, you know? we're not sure that we're not sure that it's mice. I mean, we think it is, but it could be uh, other things too. It could be uh, chipmunks. It could be. Um, you know, we have had groundhog problems over there, but chipmunk problems, uh, other other types of rodents. Do you people that live out in the out in the in the wilds? You know, like Audrey had this uh, blue racer snake hanging by the back of her place. And they had kind of a coexistence, and she never had any problem with little creatures. And all of a sudden, they were having the poor snake, but she had all of a sudden she had these voles running back and forth under her lawn, creating like mm-hmm. looked like looked like Caddyshack, the movie, for God's sake. Well, we had we had to have um, eight eight to ten groundhogs removed. They were digging under the house. Over the course of two years, we had six removed one year, and then we thought the problem had been solved. And then the next year, they came back and started digging around the area. So we had four more removed. And you can't relocate groundhogs uh, because nobody wants them, and they're very destructive. So they you, went. You got to blast uh, them. You got to blast them. Did you see the movie? <laughs> yeah, Caddyshack. <laughs> you need some dynamite? Um, yeah. Plastic explosive, <laughs> plastic plastic explosives. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we've had to get rid of them, but we've also had some issues with bones and, uh, and other things, uh, underground chewing stuff in the ground oh, over God. there. So it is an adventure when you're living out of the city. Uh, yes, it is. Of course, in the city, it's adventure, too, with uh, the, 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 bra- the brazen... What? I don't know. I hate to bring it up all the time, but... The, the brazenness of the attacks of people. Last weekend, I don't know if you heard, if you were in Michigan, four or six people got robbed in DePaul. In DePaul I did hear about that. But we're talking yeah, I did hear. noon. Kids are sitting... Did you see the one yesterday? No. In Bucktown? Uh, is a block away from where I just moved away from. Um, at uh, Damon and Dickens. Like, Monday afternoon, 1 p.m. Guy's walking down the alley eating a slice of pizza that he, that he picked up. I can probably guess where he picked it up. And uh, two guys, uh, he walks by two guys at the, you know, the entrance of the alley and gets about 20 or 30 feet past him walking away, just eating his pizza. And one of them runs up behind him and sucker punches him from behind and they both jump him and take his stuff. <laughs> mm. And this is at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Monday. Well, well I, just saw, I just saw a report for one in Armitage and Racine, too. Well, DePaul, yeah. two kids are sitting on a bench outside the library and the, the obligatory uh, two... We don't know who they, who they are. Say guys, guys with hoodies and whatever else, jump out of a car with a gun, take their cell phones. One lady, a couple blocks away, refuses to give her a cell phone, so the guy pistol whips her. This is noon in a, in a university with nine zillion cameras, all those things you're supposed to pull if you're in trouble. Campus police, the the total lack of fear. Of, I've mm-hmm. never seen I've never seen anything like this. Nobody, I know, nobody this is incredible. Nobody nobody thinks there's anybody around ever to do anything to them. The traffic, I, I almost got, I went out to see my Notre Dame buddies out in Park Ridge the other night. Get a load of this. Vernon, I almost got sideswiped, which, okay, that, that can happen. Guess from which side? I'm in the right-hand lane. <laughs> you get you on the driver's side? No. Some guy almost nailed me. He was, right, he was flying down on the shoulder and decided to pull in, except I was right there. Ugh. How do you, How do you get... And, and then I, I honk at him, and he looks at me, and he heads up another thirty cars and pulls in. Hmm. I mean, the the abs- there is zero. I drove all weekend because these guys were here. I probably put mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty miles of expressway. I never saw a cop. Yeah. In a city, yeah, you never I, see one. I never see one by DePaul. I never see one in my neighborhood. 
What are, what are these people doing? I mean, they can blame it all they want about Kim Fox. The fact is, there's no... So yesterday morning, coming into the show, uh, go to Cross Eisenhower, which is always... So, of course, you got to look. You can't just take the light. So sure enough, it turns red, and some guy flies through stone cold red. I look across the street, and there's one of Chicago's finest. Do you think for a second he was going after, after the guy? He had no interest. No, no interest whatsoever. No. I mean, I, I, I don't... They're making it unlivable in this place. Unlivable. Yeah. We're talking... 86-year-old guy got shot at 11.30 in the morning down on the south side Saturday. Mm-hmm. 86-year-old dude. We're out to get something out of his car and somebody runs by and blasts him. Um, it, it, it's, it's getting bad. It's getting very, very bad. And when we have... I mean, do these guys... Is this part of the culture now that we don't we don't do anything about it? Well, it, it, it's spreading to other parts to the whole city. I mean, yeah. there's no place that's safe in the city. I mean, you think about... Expressways used to be at one time safe because they were thoroughfares for people to get from one spot to another. But think about all the expressway shootings that have been on recently. And and you're right, neighborhoods where brazen robberies and like Manny points out, it's not at three o'clock in the morning because you know you have you have that old idea. Well, if you're out at three o'clock in the morning, you deserve to get robbed, uh, type of a thing. But yeah. no, you 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 know you, these aren't drunken people coming home from the bar after a night out who just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time they're happening at, at 11 o'clock 12 o'clock one o'clock in the daytime so so what is it what is the we've had the no cash bail thing for a week does anybody I'll, I'll see some of my guys tomorrow night what what is that doing i mean is is anybody just convinced that they they cannot they, they when's the last time you saw anybody get pulled over i i, I can't even remember the last time no, I don't either. I haven't heard very much how that's been going. Well, I mean, one of the other options is for the judge to say, "Look, you're you're, you're not bailable." Well, that's that's <laughs> I'm not what, letting you go. <laughs> that's what my uh, attorney buddies are convinced is going to happen. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. get out. Yeah, which is, you know, that's, that's not so good either. Because I, I th- you know, it's funny. We had uh, the the other day we were talking about uh, hospital financing, right? And Greg was saying mm-hmm. that the, uh, you know, you, you got way too deep into the subject. You know, I, I don't know how you cover these subjects without going into a little more detail than you ever can see by watching the daily news. I mean, with the, the guys that I deal, deal with, the guys that I have a drink with, they tell me all about this part of the, of the area. I've learned so much. When you're talking about a year and a half or two to get to a trial, for any, for any of these things we're talking about, mm-hmm. and witnesses disappear. If you don't have any video, or you don't have any DNA. All 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 guys like my buddy Bill. All they do is win on, on the uh, defense mm-hmm. side because the other the prosecution's got nothing. The police right. are horrendous at picking up evidence and doing the arrest properly. Not not that they're abusive or anything. Just just the idea of the evidence isn't there. They, they, these guys walk all the time, mm-hmm. and, and uh. So the idea of holding somebody up for cash bail for a year and a half when they're when they're eighty I don't know what percentage a huge percent of them are found not guilty that's not right either I mean I, no. I mean there's a, there's a million different levels to this problem and if you just zero in on one like the newspapers want to do and get everybody pissed off oh, no cash bail everybody's getting let out here these are the Democrats they're doing all this crappy stuff again or I mean the fact is the whole system is a disgrace mm-hmm. and 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 if you don't get your hands around the whole thing saying look. It's not one thing that's the problem. There's 50 problems. The question is, where do we start? You know, and I, I, don't well, see any, right. I don't see anybody doing that. I don't see anybody in our, in our government capable of doing that. 
I don't know what Pritzker's story is. I mean, I, I just well, I, 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 this isn't a, this isn't a Pritzker issue. I think this is a universal issue. This is true across the country, uh, and you know the highlight is on the city, like cities of Chicago and New York and places like that. But there are higher crime rates in smaller areas, smaller communities, than there are in the big cities. It's more notoriety because the raw numbers in the city of Chicago are, are much higher than elsewhere. But you're right; it's a systemic problem when you have people who are waiting for you know relatively minor trials like uh, shoplifting or something like that and, and their trial date is a year and a half two years out yes it's unjust to keep them in jail for two years before a trial uh, two they might be found not guilty so it's really just burdens the problem but three we don't have the wherewithal to care for them while they're in jail for that period of time well, there's no education yeah, we're, there we're not, we're not we're not talking about otis from mayberry who just lets himself in the jail at night sleeps it off and then goes home you know you're talking about a long-term investment to keep people in jail whether they belong there or not whether they're found guilty or not and those are systemic issues but when you're talking about whether you need to have more judges well you know there are two main issues with that. First, um, the, the cost of the judicial system, and second, the quality of the judges, bringing in judges who really will take the job seriously. Well, they don't work. They don't work the, very hard either. They all took two years well, off. Well, I'm not. I'm not talking about the the how hard they're working with their caseload, um, because I mean, there's a whole lot of discussion about the, the mental health of, of that. But I'm talking about just the quality of their judgment. You know, are they the people who are are who don't really pay attention or listen uh, and aren't qualified to be judges but got there because uh, they're a good precinct captain and they, they bring out the votes yeah. or because they, they're they determined that whoever's setting the uh, the, the selection committee we, we won't name particular aldermen or, uh, or former presidents who pick their judges but you know to, to where the judges are selected to, to um, be in alignment with the with the idea of who appointed them, uh, and you know, there's a lot of that in Cook County. I mean, it, it, you'll occasionally see judges who are up for retention, who are deemed to be unqualified by by the bar associations, and there's typically a reason for that. And if you expand the judicial pool, you're going to find a lot more justices, judges who uh, are really unqualified, that are willing to take that. The constant dragging somebody in a bus from county jail out to you know, Rolling Meadows four times to get a continuance back and forth, back and forth to finally have a trial. I mean, God, it's it's absurd. I mean, oh yeah, it's an abuse of the system, yeah. and you know that's and and the lawyers, especially the defense lawyers in this case, are um, are dragging it out a lot further. So yes, there there are reasons why the um, uh, a, a trial will take a year and a half, two years to to be put on the docket, and and then tried. And all the continuances keep pushing that date out, uh, and, and that's a horrific abuse of the system too. Well, I, I told you a story about the. Uh, I hear a million of these. This is one is somewhat. It's not crazy. It's not a murder case or anything. But um, this one of the guys who I was talking to a couple of months ago is an older dude. This is a couple of years ago. So he was. Uh, he's got a defendant, and the defendant is like just somebody's buddy that they picked up to drive this car. And of course, they said, just wait here, and the two guys jump out and rob this place. Arm robbery, right? So the kid didn't even, barely knew these guys, had no idea what they were going to do. You know, still, you know, the law says you're somewhat compliant. Mm-hmm. If they would have shot somebody, he'd have been really in trouble. But they didn't. Gets, they get back in the car. Well, somehow they get caught, right? I don't know how the hell that happened, but they get, somehow they get caught. 
So one attorney is handling the two guys that actually did the robbery, and this guy who's telling me the story has just got the other dude, who's the uh, uh, the driver. So evidently the, the, the morning does not go well for the two guys, right? Now, if these guys are out on with the with the bracelet, or the, what do we call it, the ankle bracelet? The monitor. Yeah, they're out, they're out on, on bail with the monitor. So evidently there's a place by 26th Street where you go to lunch a couple blocks away. I, I, don't, I mean, I've driven by it, but I have no idea what they're talking about. And evidently they're down there having lunch, the lawyers, and uh, two guys walk by the window and they, and they wave. <laughs> and the guy I'm talking to goes, hey, are you two guys coming back? <laughs> the guy goes, I sure hope so. Well, they don't show up. So they continue. This is a jury trial. They don't show back up. So they they continue the jury trial with the guys not there, and and with my 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 buddies or my acquaintance. I don't you know know them that well. Uh, his his guys there. So the trial goes to like six o'clock, and the the jury wants to come back like the next day or something, and the judge says no. Uh, we're we're going to stay here. We don't, you don't want to go into a motel like a twenty sixth. I don't even think there is one down there, but. Unless you're going to want to go to a motel like around here, which they didn't want to do, you got to stay and, and you know do something with this case. So about midnight, they come back with the two guys that aren't there are guilty, and the guy who's there is not guilty because he you know he just didn't know what the hell he was doing. So he gets off, you know, probably rightfully so, even though he should have been a little smarter. Uh, and the other two dudes to this day they've never found him. <laughs> but but it gets better. The guy, this attorney buddy, goes out and grabs his car. Of course, midnight in 26th Street in California is not the best. Gets his car and he sees this happens to be very attractive blonde lady standing on a corner. And he just he looks at her. And he realizes she's one of the ladies on the jury. So he says to her, he pulls up and he goes, "Hey, uh, excuse me, uh, aren't you weren't you on the jury? I can talk to you now. I'm one of the attorneys." She goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, what are you doing out here?" She goes, "Well, I'm waiting for a cab or a bus." The guy goes. Where do you live? She goes, Lincoln Park. He goes, get in, will you? I'll give you a ride. There's no buses here. You're not going to get a cab here. You'll be here for... They didn't, they didn't even get rides home for these people. Mm. <laughs> and the two dudes to this day have not been found. Wow. I mean, and this is one of the easy <laughs> stories I hear. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, see ya. They, at least they went by and waved. They, they had the courtesy to do that. I, I love it. Hey, uh, Brandon, there's, there's a lot of stuff... Uh, we've got someone that's left here. Just as kind of an outside but very observant dude, what do you make of uh, real estate mortgages going up? There's seven and a half now or something. We had Nancy on yesterday. And she says, so far, everything's hanging in there. Prices are still high because the amount of houses for sale are still low. But there's starting to be some cracks. Some people are getting laid off, have to sell their house. Not a lot, but, but a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing, I, I don't know the exact date. Maddie probably does. Uh, the, the interest on the student loans has started accruing since the first of the month, right, Manny? And so the, by the end yeah, of the month... Yeah, I think it's in early October, mid-October, they have to start paying. I thought it was by the... Whatever. Is it this month? But so, some, somewhere, somewhere in the next couple of weeks, 43 million people got to gotta send an average of $286 check. Yep. Uh, we have that going on. We've got this government potential shutdown going, that, going on. Uh, you know, for all the wrong reasons and all the right reasons. You could certainly argue each side of that. I, I could. Uh, as to why they're doing this, um, either because both sides do it when the other guys are in office, right? Still, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pain in the behind. With all this, well, uh, now wait a minute. <laughs> Historically, the the government shutdowns have not been done while the Democrats are in control of the House. They tried it once um, when Trump was in there. 
they, they, but they didn't go forward the way that the, the Republicans seem to be doing it on a regular basis. And, and certainly when you're talking about the stalling of government, um, the Republican center right now is doing things that are, to use a new term, unprecedented with some of the holes and things. But getting back to your point in the economy, uh, you know, go ahead. I mean, there, there are well, you know, a lot of no, things no, going no, on no, no. Now, now, now you, Well, you got to the, answer the economy question, but this particular issue, and I don't necessarily have a huge love for the dudes that are pushing this big time, Brennan, but my, and I'll ask you this, this is, this is a, a general question, the other one we can whittle next week, but when, when the, let's say the Republicans pass a bill for which Trump did, it lowered the taxes with the idea that by giving everybody so much more money, we're going to end up with more money in, in the door at the end, which is total BS, total BS. Mm-hmm. You know, so, okay, it doesn't work out the way it's supposed to work out. Now, the Democrats come through with an even stupider bill that they say, we're going to spend a trillion and a half dollars on infrastructure, but by the way, because all the kids in the bad neighborhoods are going to have 5G they're all going to get a job, and our tax returns are our tax returns are going to get higher than they ever were, which is total BS as well. So, you you and I are in the Senate, whatever side of the aisle we're on, and we're voting on these bills, looking at these projections, and the projections are by today we should have a thirty trillion dollar federal deficit, which is pretty bad. Except, guess what? The number's thirty three. So, I agree that. You voted for the stuff. Now, why, when the the debt needs to go up, are you bitching about it again? Because the numbers don't match up, Brennan. I mean, they, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying these Republican guys are right the way they're doing. All I'm saying is, the, the deficit's growing higher than these guys have led anybody to believe. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know when you're supposed to do it and say, hey guys. No, I, I, I agree with that. The numbers don't match, and that's a different discussion. What I'm talking about is using the power of the Senate to not approve uh, military. Uh, promotions or to stop the appointment of the attorney generals if you're talking we were talking earlier about crime yeah but to stop the appointment of attorney generals because you think trump is being unnecessarily persecuted like jd vance is doing or tommy tuberville who says that um because military personnel can be reimbursed for going out of state for for health care uh that's an abuse of power and neither one of those has anything to do with the economy but it, it does go to the to the idea that uh, there are multiple reasons for the crime rate increasing in in the country and those are at least a jd vance one is an example of one of the reasons why well anybody thinks that tommy tuberville belongs in the senate the guy wasn't even a good oh that's a ridiculous coach. thing yeah he wasn't even a good football coach for god's sake no no i mean that's and and his comment before you know, I said when people are going to talk, and he goes, "Coach, we got to do something about this." Yeah. <laughs> you know, not not Mr. Senator, we've got to do something about this. Well, what's uh, what's with this? Uh, who's this? This African American guy who's running for Republican president. Does, does he have? He he was talking about how they sh- they should just fire the auto work. Doesn't he have any idea the difference between federal workers on strike and and individual people at a company fighting over the side the side slice of the pie? One has nothing to do with the government. One one has everything to do with the government. Doesn't That's he right. Get there's a big difference. <laughs> there is. I, I mean, if if people don't even know this, I mean, Joe Biden. I mean, I I don't. The guy for his entire time in the Senate, he he has no idea the connection between money and the system and inflation. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how does it, how does a guy manage to be fifty years out there and not have some sort of knowledge of, eco- of economics? What do these people do well, all day? I mean, I I. I, I don't have an answer for that question. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even venture to guess. I mean, I, I can't believe, and I, I agree with you that 
there are so many politicians who don't belong in office uh, because they don't have the mental capacity and whether they're stupid or lazy or a combination of both. You know, it's like the, the old question. Do you think people are, are ignorant or stupid? I don't know, and I don't care. Well, if, uh, if somebody foolishly dropped me out there, I'd be the world's worst guy when it comes to, you know, who are all the leaders in Africa and are the leaders in South America. I'd have to have some people next to me. But if after six months I still didn't know, then it's on me. Right. right? All right, but so the original question was, all this, all these, I'll use the term headwinds, most of the time, I'd say most of the time, but a real lot of the time, if you trade based on headwinds or, or tailwinds, you basically get your ass kicked. I mean, there's no, yeah. you're, not, you're not the only person that's watching the movie. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. is. Now, the question mm-hmm. is, this time, are people underestimating the headwinds because for 20 years, no matter how bad the headwinds were, the market just went forward? I mean, at some mm-hmm. point, I think that, let's put it this way, I hope it doesn't, but it, it might turn to rub some people the wrong way. It might, it might turn the wrong way on people. It might, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel might actually be the train, I guess. I, I agree with you. And now the question I, is, is it this time? How do you know? I don't. You don't know. You, you don't know. And you also don't know what other factors are going to enter into play uh, in the next six months to a year. Yeah, I just, I mean... Uh, oddly things, oddly strange things happen in election years. Yeah, but I... Or so I've been told. I mean, I could never see any evidence of, of changes <laughs> in an election year coming up, but, you know, maybe those are, are some of the headwinds and the crosswinds that keep coming up that we don't know about. Well, you've got... We've had nothing but red last week, a few days. Yesterday, it looked like, you know, a relief rally that might actually take us a couple of days. We were reluctant to sell calls. We thought we might actually get a couple of days. Now, now, I'm looking today, every single stack that's that's open here is red. Mm-hmm. You know, and now all of a sudden, are we, are we? Yesterday was just a one-day mirage, and we're heading right back down here. What are we doing? Yeah, I. It, it's scary. I agree with you. It is really scary. Well, stay away from the rodents. Get yourself a, a, a take your cat for a walk out there. Just just show show the guys <laughs> you got one. <laughs> the bigger problem we have out there are deer, but deer don't eat the engine parts. But uh, the the deer are really maybe you should just move back to the city. If you guys don't don't look like country people. <laughs> That's a discussion for another day. <laughs> I would love to have <laughs> Anyway, take care of yourself. I'd like to see you one of these days. But I, but I, can't, I can't talk about it right now. Oh, God. SP Futures down 17. Nancy <laughs> Futures down 62. Be right back, Mr. Joel O'Connor. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Alman. Weber on the board. SP futures down 1575. Nasdaq futures down 56.75. Uh, Sharp contrast to the nice little rally we had yesterday. Uh, so today, they're not look so high. I mean, I'm not down heavy anywhere. Just everything is just down. All, the whole board is red. Uh, even we've got gold down. We've got oil down. We got everything down here. It looks like uh, Dow futures are down 120 over in Europe, and these guys are hit reasonably yesterday, 1% across the board. Dex down 96.6%. Footsie's actually up, up 10.1%. They've been a somewhat a standout. Uh, not going down as fast because their inflation rate went down and their, and their central bank did not raise rates last week. So they've been pretty stout since then in rel- relative terms. CAC around down 47.7%. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 363. That's 1.1%. Hang Seng down another 262. 17,466. I think last Friday, these guys were reasonably over 18,000. So they've just gotten clobbered the last couple of days. Shanghai down 13.4%. Uh, yesterday, uh, as a way of review, that was only up 43. The S&P was up 17 and NASDAQ up 59. So like I said, a reasonable rally after the last week being lousy. Uh, bonds down five basis points today. It's the first time they've been down in a while. 449 is the rate. It's still high. One down two basis points, 277. Japan up 1.75. the highest we've seen in Japan in a real long time. Oil down 61 cents, under 90 bucks, 89.07. Rent down 64 cents, 92.65. Natural gas down five cents. 258. Arbob down three cents. 251. Again, Arbob is relatively low compared to where oil is, so I'd fill up if I were you. Uh, gold down 480. 1931. Every time it gets over 1950, there's sellers. Silver down 10 cents. 23.28. Copper unchanged. 366. We have Bitcoin, which has been getting hammered, down another 61 bucks. 26,242. And the U.S. dollar, which has been strong, is pretty much unchanged today. The euro. Uh, Euro is only down eight, or the dollar is down eight to euro one one oh six on the euro, one twenty one eight on the pound. So the pound's actually down a little bit. So dollars up against the pound. Matty, what do you have for us, Trevi? Weather sports. Coming up on thirty six minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We have uh, one crash in the area on the expressways. It's actually a disabled vehicle, not a crash, blocking the left lane of the tri-state on the northbound side, just before Franklin Avenue. Uh, This is in the uh, northwestern suburbs, causing solid traffic on I-294 northbound side. Everything else is looking okay out there. Off to a decent start here on the Edens and Kennedy. No issues on the Eisenhower. Uh, Same with the Stevenson traffic building, but no accidents. Southside expressways are behaving themselves as well. Weather today, it's going to be a rainy and stormy day on and off throughout the day today. Beginning uh, later on this morning and lasting for pretty much the duration of the afternoon. Lots of rain, a high of 70. Right now it is overcast, still dry, and 66 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 105. Right now it's clear and 74. In sports, 
Last week of the Major League Baseball season uh, begins, you know, last night or tonight, depending if you were off yesterday like the Cubs were. Uh, they'll begin their final six-game stretch here at Atlanta tonight. Justin Steele takes the mound. That's a 6:20 Chicago time first pitch. Uh, we'll get into the standings and, and the playoff races here in a second. White Sox were off last night. They'll host the Diamondbacks tonight. Cubs will have interest in that as well. That's a 6:40 Central time first pitch from the south side. Diamondbacks played today in a makeup game versus the Yankees and blew a uh, two-run lead, ended up losing, uh, giving up three runs in the uh, bottom of the eighth before falling to the Yankees 6-4. to four. So as we take a look at our Major League Baseball standings, as far as uh, the divisions are concerned, pretty much wrapped up. Cubs are six games behind the Brewers with six games to go. So unless the Cubs win out and the Brewers lose out, uh, I would say the division is pretty much done. But in the wild card, very interesting. Uh, the Phillies lead the wild card. They have a five-game lead over the uh, second-place Cubs and Diamondbacks, who are tied at 82 and 74. So they're tied for the second and third wild card spots. And then you have the pesky Miami Marlins, who are one game behind the Cubs and Diamondbacks. And then the Reds are two and a half games behind, three back in the loss column. So you have, you know, four teams competing for two spots. Uh, and two of those teams, the Cubs and the Diamondbacks, are tied. So that should uh, be interesting this final week. The Cubs hold, hold no tiebreakers, though. Cubs hold no tiebreakers over those three teams, correct. Uh, lastly, Monday Night Football doubleheader last night. It was the Eagles blowing out Tampa Bay on the road 25-11. to And the Bengals got their first win of the season, topping the Rams 19-16. to Chiefs. Do we have Joel? Good morning, Chief. Hey, how are you? Uh, you you'd be the guy who knows this. Why was Harbaugh suspended? I can't. No, none of my guys seem to know. Uh, well, I mean, it goes back to recruiting uh, oh, yeah. during COVID, and uh, to the two things that I heard, two to the two violations that were brought up, where um, I guess he watched some guys work out on Zoom, and then I guess uh, a little bit after that, the uh, some players were on campus and they bought him a cheeseburger, so they're calling it Cheeseburger Gate. Uh, <laughs> but the other thing is, and the, the more serious allegation is one. He was testifying in front of the NCAA committee that he wasn't forthcoming. So um, that's just uh, the Harbaugh speak. Three-game suspension over. Uh, beat victory over Rutgers, 31-7. Nothing impressive. Uh, now, now we're going to have to start playing some ball. We're going to have to start playing some ball on the road. And uh, starting with Nebraska on the road. We got Nebraska-Minnesota. Uh, boy, we got some tough games. We still got Michigan State on the road, Penn State on the road, and then, of course, at the end of the year, Ohio State. So Michigan, Michigan State looked awful the other day. Yeah, but it's a rivalry game. I mean, it, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to discount anything. They, they got a lot of problems, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. So, the, uh, but uh, Penn State, so the Penn State game, a noon game on the road at Penn State. That's looming large. The Buckeyes, they beat your Irish. They probably shouldn't have. Uh, so that's the way things are setting up on the Big Ten landscape. What, uh, what do you think about the, the market landscape? I'm kind of surprised we're selling off here this morning after yesterday. It looked like yeah, maybe we turn around yeah, a bit. Well, you know, I don't know if I talked to you, you know, at the beginning or when I talked to you last Tuesday, you have the old adage, sell Russia shut and buy Yum Kipper. And boy, oh boy, did that ever work, coinciding with the quad widge expiration a week ago Friday. We've sold off a couple hundred handles. Now, we all know that that worked like a charm last year, right? Buying in mid-October, but just don't have that same gut feeling today, Chief. Uh, we are at much more elevated levels. 
Uh, I wouldn't say things are going wrong, but I think there's more things that uh, investors have to keep on their mind. Uh, the primary thing being, which is no news to me and you, that rates are going to be staying at these normal, really normal to low levels uh, for quite some time. I think there's trepidation about Q3 earnings season. Is it is the consumer finally broken? Is the consumer not buying and shopping? So will that be reflected in the Q3 numbers? Uh, you know, so, you know, the, the, the government shutdown, the UAW strike, uh, just a lot of things to uh, keep on investors' mind and, you know, just blindly buying October here at the $43.60 area. Yeah, I was just saying, Joel, that it's, you know, you can't, uh, when you see all this stuff bad or good and you start trading on it, the arrogant assumption you make is that you're the only person watching the movie. <laughs> you know, the fact is everybody's watching the movie, you know. Now, the, the, the point, I guess, you got to figure out is, is, is the movie worse or better than all the other people think it is by watching it? And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 my, I come from the fact that peop- the average, the lower 80% of society is in way worse shape than the world's telling you they are. And even stuff like the student loan things, having to start sending that check every month, I think it's a bigger burden than it ever was. Because I don't think people have the scratch. I honestly don't. Uh, the people that I... That I I don't know about mortgage rates so much. I remember them being, you know, 15 and 14. Uh-huh. But the, the spread between the average person in his house being 3, 3.5%, maybe maybe a little higher, and the the person having to buy the next house at 7.5%, for God's sake, that's double the price of the house, for it's God's sake. I mean, it, yeah. it's a, it's a, I mean, the spread is huge. And, and I don't know what these guys are doing monkeying around with the, in Congress with the debt ceiling. I mean, even if they have a point that the spending is getting a lot bigger, I don't know, shutting it down, I don't know if that makes things better or worse. It, I don't see how it makes it better. Do you? I, I, I don't. But it seems like an awful lot of crap could happen on the same day, doesn't it? <laughs> a lot of crap could happen on the same day. Uh, you know, what? there's only one reason and one o- reason only that, that uh, you know, they're, uh, they're pushing, uh, the Republicans are pushing for a shutdown. They want to make things as worse as possible for the U.S. economy, for U.S. consumers heading into the election. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that's the single task that they have in mind. It's shown over the years that, uh, you know, these government shutdowns, really the only thing they do is really hurt the consumer, right? They don't hurt anybody else. Uh, just a couple other factors, uh, you know, to keep in mind, too, with the market. You know, you get, you know, the Tina trade, we, you know, there's no alternative. There yep. is alternatives out there in the markets. People that are going at, why do I need to own a utility? Why do I need to own uh, something that's paying me five and a half, six percent when I can go to the bank? So there's a lot of a lot of competing forces there. Um, I will say, you know, we've been talking over the year, year and a half, past two years, and I've said I don't see a recession coming. I don't see a recession coming. I would say, I I still will say that. But I think they, I think the balance has changed a little bit, where you're seeing a little bit more uh, cracks in the chink, in the in the chinks in the armor and the economy. But then again, then again, what do you got if the economy starts to fall off a cliff? If things really start to go down, what do you do? You got bullets in the chamber with Pump and Powell. So it's so hard to get you know the perma bears out there. The world's coming to an end. Blah 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 blah. You got to think of all the, you know, all the ammunition the Fed has in their back pocket in the event we really start to see a slowdown. 
And some people already are convinced that we're in a recession. So I'm one of those, of, by the way. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of different ways, but you never know when Pump and Pow is going to unleash that arsenal. You know, we'll give at least a one or two day pop to the market. We'll see. It will be something more sustainable than that. But for right now, no rate cuts in, uh, in the end of the year. I don't know about. I don't want to go late 24, but maybe early 24. You can start to see something. Uh, but, you know, right now, market uh, did not show much of a bounce uh, from the tumble following the uh, September expiration. All right, bud. Well, we'll talk about it next week, and you and you go, go blue, I guess. The Irish too late to go go Irish, although eh, yeah, you, you, never never know. Know. you never know. You never, on never that. know. All okay, right, bud, take care you. of yourself. Go blue. All right. Uh, we're going to have for a short break. We have the SP Futures down 16, NASDAQ Futures down 57. Come back, Mr. Kenny Polkiri. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Hello, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. SP Futures down 17, Nasdaq Futures down 62. There's a, there's an old old but a great song. What what the uh, even even Kenny knows who that is. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> what a great song. I love when you when you when you started with the song. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Matty's been How good. You doing? Good, good. How are you? A uh, the uh, inevitable uh, where we are. I mean, I'm, I'm actually I'm kind of I won't say stunned because the market's doing all over the place, but. I'm kind of surprised we're backing off like this this morning, Kenny. I mean, uh, I thought we had a one-day relief rally. We were, we had all our, you know, our people and all our indexes, and we were a little reluctant to sell calls yesterday, thinking we might get two or three days in a row. So we kind of did uh, some, you know, some uh, calendar one by twos and stuff, a little more fancy. But uh, we didn't flat out just sell some calls into yesterday's rally. We thought we might get two or three days, and now it doesn't look like it, does it? I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm actually though not surprised that uh, that we are seeing what we're seeing because I do think uh, that the volatility into the end of the month and the end of the quarter, which is this week, uh, is going to continue. And then we, you know, we enter the you know kind of kind of what's sometimes referred to as the jinx month of October because that can continue to also be very volatile while creating opportunity, but it can be kind of volatile and ugly and unsettling for a while. So. Considering Neil Kashkari came out yesterday and once again called for you know what he thinks is higher rates, remember he's the one that joined that chorus of Fed members talking about six percent, which was launched you know over a year ago when they said that's where they thought it should go. Um, and quite honestly, we're only fifty basis points away from that, and I still think that's where they want to go. Um, and so I think that's kind of the message being delivered. Besides that, Jamie Dimon 
gives an interview to the India Times overnight telling them that he thinks we should be preparing ourselves for 7% um, and that the move from 5% to 7% is going to be a whole lot more painful than the move from 3 to 5 And I think he's right if that happens. Um, but so I'm not necessarily surprised that what we're seeing the markets not only here but around the world. Asia closed lower, Europe is lower, um, and now U.S. futures are pointing lower. So I'm not necessarily completely surprised. Kenny, this is, is going to sound really weird, like all the stuff I say. They ought to get a few old farts, maybe like me, to talk to these people about their inflation knowledge. They don't, they don't know anything, these people uh-huh. are talking about. They don't know anything. I hear you. The, the idea, the rates right now are high enough to stop the, in, the inflation going forward, like from this day forward. Or has been yeah. have been really for the last four or five months. It's not going to stop the stuff that's in the system, because it's an incredibly lagging indicator, which these buf- which these buffoons didn't realize on the front end. It was already here before it showed up. They were totally fooled by that, and now it's sort of gone on, on the back end. But stuff still happening. I just got my auto insurance bill. It's up eight percent from six months ago. It's already yeah, it's you- in the system, but raising the rates anymore now is not going to cut that back. Okay, but you see what's frustrating about what you just said? Because I agree with you. I, I'm, in, I, I'm in your camp about that. But when you say that they don't realize, these are supposedly some of the smartest, well-educated, all Ivy League-educated analysts and economists and you know bankers and all that stuff. And so you're telling me that they don't understand what you and I know to be probably true that the rate the hikes they've already made will certainly make their way through the system and they should stop here and 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 let it work well because I, 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 well, well, let me they needed they did one of two things because because yeah. of the, the the abortion of the last four years in the of the fed is something like i've never seen it's worse than in the 70 they put so much money in they now have this price level they can't deal with so either yeah. you have to stop right now and just hope everybody catches up or yeah. if you actually want to attack the price of car, a pickup truck being eighty grand, you need to drain twenty or thirty percent out of the system. They're not going to do that, and neither neither you and I would probably not even recommend they do that. They've they've got no. a, a multi tiered problem here. They don't seem to understand any one of the tiers. Well, but you see, what they're going to say is because you know, as they as they as we go from month to month, and they and they do the year over year comparisons. What happens is the higher months start to drop off, which is what we're seeing. So then it appears as if. The CPI and the PPI are now flattening out. Oh, look, everything's everything's great again. Meanwhile, prices have gone up 16, 18, 20 percent. But now they'll say, oh, inflation's flat, no worries. And so then prices adjust to this new level. So suddenly the $80,000 car is just going to be the norm, right? Well, let's, Whoever thinks that $80,000 car is going back to 50000 I don't think well, so. But now you, now you have uh, brought up another subject, brainwashing the public. Any idea... Okay. Any idea that the year-over-year number means crap, is it means nothing. Your inflation rate is whatever it was this month times 12, or if you want to be nicer, the last two months times six, or the last three months times four. It's not what happened a year ago. Who cares about that? I understand that, but you know the way that it works is they'll take, like now in the September CPI, they're going to take off last September's number, they're just going to cut it off. So now it goes from October of last year until September of this year. And so they start to drop off these what were higher numbers, they start to go by the wayside, and so then the number comes back down. And they go, oh, look, we succeeded. No, you didn't succeed. Prices are still elevated. People are still struggling. And that's right. 
the house, the, the cars are not coming back down in price. Beef is never going back to two dollars a pound. I mean, what's it now? Like eight dollars or yeah, nine dollars? Yeah. Well, it's, it's ridiculous. But at some point, we we talked about it earlier. At some point, if somebody's peeing on your shoes and telling you're in a hurricane, you have to you have to figure it out. No, somebody's actually just peeing on my shoes. I mean, at some point, you got to stop believing this BS these guys come out with. I mean, I know it's hard for the general population because they have a real life instead of you and I studying this stuff all day. Uh, but yeah. I, but at some point, you got to sit there and go, wait a minute, what are these guys talking about? I mean, I, you know, and, and they get away with it. Or, you know, I, brainwashing is probably a little too harsh of a term, but it's pretty close. No, <laughs> no. but if you want to see if somebody's peeing on your shoes, just turn around and look at the chest. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in regards to the recession, we just had Joel, and Joel's been in the no recession camp. One of the guys, right. uh, and I, I, I'll be honest, I did not think of this myself. One of the listeners sent me an email. And said, Chief, you're, you're in the recession camp, and none of these other guys are. He said, I'm surprised you haven't found, figured it out yet. Look at the federal government receipts this year over last year. The receipts are down. He goes, how the hell could you be in a growing economy and have the receipts? Actually, Carl said this. He said, how can the receipts be down when every time somebody gets a paycheck, it goes to the government, and it's down like, like 5 or 10% from last year? How the hell could they be down if we're growing? And the answer is, how are they down if we're growing? Uh, maybe they, maybe we're not growing. Right. Maybe it's all just it's all just BS. Because okay, I send in my check for my car insurance. It's eight percent more. Does that mean the economy went up eight percent? According to these buffoons, it did. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Right? No, it didn't. Well, it's interesting because they have managed to push it off, and I'm very surprised that it. You know, I was in the camp like you that it was coming. I really expected that it was going to be here in the early summer of 2023. Um, and that didn't happen. They they succeeded now in pushing it off. What looks like now until you know maybe the winter, late winter of 2024, so January, February of 2024, um, unless they're able to continue to push it down the road and 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 prevent it from happening. But I'm in your camp. I don't see how we're not getting a recession. Absolutely not. Um, and so I'm just preparing myself for when it comes. I'm just worried because they're going to they're, they're gonna tell you they're going to tell you we never had one. <laughs> well. I don't, yeah, but that's baloney because, you know, they can tell you all they want, but we're the ones that are living it, right? The, the average, the, the American consumer is the one that's living it. So they know. They don't need to be told. They know when they're having a tough time, but they know when, you know, when it's hitting them. But and, if, and quite I think it's already started to hit parts of the economy. Like we're in this rolling recession, I think, is kind of what we're going to experience, you know? Now, the only thing I'm worried about is if Jamie Dimon's right and rates are going to continue to go higher – they're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to prevent a recession like we had. I hate to say it, back in 1980 when Paul Volcker jammed rates so high that he sent the economy into a two-year difficult, ugly recession. Right. Right. That's what I, I think he. I think he did the same thing these guys are doing. He miscalculated the runoff well, and, and the yeah. and the delay on the CPI. And to be honest, Kenny, I I thought that one was happening. Yeah. Dr. J and I used to write in this together every morning. We we thought that when it was happening, both of us, and, I, and never in my lifetime did I think we would make the same friggin' mistake again, and we are. They they didn't anticipate yeah. it on the way up. You know, I had a, I've never told you this story. It's a, it's a one minute. I was, Saturday morning, I used to get up early, to drive down south, take my mom to breakfast. I was the good son, but in fact, she was the good mother. I enjoyed doing it. I learned something every week. I was the taker, not the giver, but that's another whole story. Uh, I'm driving down, and they had uh, one of the guys who was on the, the Fed in like before Volcker was there. And he, he goes, you know, 
we kept seeing this inflation pop out here and there, and there was the Arab oil thing and this and that. And he goes, we kept saying, no, uh, you know, we we kept denying. We kept saying, we'll take we'll take food and energy out. We'll take something else out. We'll take something else out. He goes, finally, one meeting, after eight eight meetings like this, we sat around a table. We all looked at each other and said, you know what, guys, we got inflation. But they they denied it. He goes, this is this is nineteen seventy something something. He goes, we denied it for damn near a year before we admitted we had it, and it was right there the whole time. The right. exact same thing happened this time. The exact same thing. But don't these people read? Well, I, I, I don't know whether or not they read or whether or not they were just, you know, they're, they're deaf, dumb, and mute to history. But again, I go to the point that these are supposed some of the most educated, smartest guys we have. And 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 they're going to miss it, or they don't understand it, or or they or they you know mispriced it. That's the part that's so frustrating. Not only to me and you, but really frustrating to the American public because we see it, we feel it. And these guys are telling us, "No, no, don't worry, it's all good." I think it's baloney. But you and I, you and I live in this world. If you yep. see if you see all the prices for auto repair to go up because there, hasn't, there aren't any new cars, nobody's driving all. You see all all the prices for God, for God's sake, you get a dent in your fender; it's two grand now. You see all those prices go up. How do you not anticipate that a year from now your insurance is going to go up by 20%? How do you, how, how do you not realize that one causes the other? Uh, well, I don't know how you don't realize that, but the fact is that that's exactly what's happening, right? Whether it's insurance rates, whether it's food, whatever it is, it's exactly what's happening. Um, but like everything else, they're trying to tell us, oh, no, we got it under control. Don't worry about it. You're all imagining this. No one's imagining anything. That's, I think, the most frustrating part, right, that we're not imagining. So, well, last night, Kenny, it's a good one for you. Next time we're coming to town, maybe we'll stop downstairs for one. Just sort of, uh, I go in and uh, one girl says to me, my bartender has been a friend forever. She goes, you know, we just raised the price of a glass of wine up to 10 bucks from 9 And I go, and this dump? <laughs> Basically. And, and, and then I go, I know the wine you're, call, you're, you're pouring. It costs you $9 a bottle. What are you doing? Well, the, the prices are up like 20 or 10%. I go, all right, let's do the math. The price of the bottle goes up 10%. So you're raising the price of the wine ten percent, but by the way, you got you got five glasses of wine. How does that how does that match? The the the, <laughs> the one the bottle of wine goes from nine to ten, so the five glasses you pour from it are going from nine to ten. Wh- where's the math there? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you know, it's almost laughable, you know. But but, but but the bottom line is, they're going to raise it to ten because they get ten. And the weird part right. is. They're never going to charge me ten. I'm always, right. always going to get it. The, the place in the neighborhood, the Triple E Tap, I get the neighborhood discount. They don't raise it yeah. for the people they know. It's so they raise it for the people that just walk in. That's right. Well, that's right. They're going to keep you because they want you to keep coming, and you're a loyal customer, and they appreciate that. So, right, that, that, that's what they should do. Right, they should keep it for you. But it's it's all in the leases. It's all in the money. It's all in the right. I mean, it's all in the stuff right. that just the keeps utility going up, up, up. Going up, right? Utility. I mean, you turn around. I told you this. I think my 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 rates here in Florida went up eighteen percent. That's how much the rate went up. But yet the bill went up by forty percent. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it, it, the the gas bill here. And I got. I've told this before. I got the the building that uh, we have four meters in the building. We're up yeah. to. We went from fifty five dollars to fifty nine dollars a month just for the service. Yeah, it's, that's 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 a month ago. So that's that's eight percent before you even. So the the bill in the building is two hundred and forty yeah. bucks when we use if we use no gas. That's kind of a lot for for a line that comes in. It's a hundred years old. That's right, and you're not even using anything, right? No, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, 
I think we need to put some people in places that need to understand what the economy and what what their people are going through. Yeah. I mean, I mean when you, you talk, I mean, I, and, and Carl's right. If they don't do something about the uh, medical profession in, in five years, we're, we're going under. I mean, it, uh, I mean, it, I, hear you. I don't, I don't know what you do with that. I mean, none of these guys are capable of dealing with that. Biden or Trump or anybody on the on the horizon is capable of dealing with that. I don't think. Do you? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think they're capable of dealing with it at all. Well, on that great note, I hope your teams are winning, uh, and I hope you guys get some good weather. Another week without a hurricane is a good week. The weather, yeah, the weather's beautiful. It's starting to change. That's the end of September. Now we're coming in October, so we're getting we have one more month of the hurricane season, but. Uh, the weather is definitely changing. It's a little bit cooler at night. It's not nearly as humid. Uh, so, so this is really getting to be the beautiful time in Florida. All right. Good luck to you, buddy. SP Futures up 15. I'm sorry, down 15. NASDAQ Futures down 54. Be right back. Hopefully, Professor Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. Five six. That's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. Welcome to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Weber on the board. SB Futures down 15. NASDAQ Futures down 54. We have a rare Tuesday appearance by Professor, Professor Russell because he couldn't make it tomorrow. And Hal, I'm here. And, and how graciously. Com- the, the absolute lack of confidence that you had as to whether or not I was showing up is hurtful. Uh, it, there was a little bit of uh, uncertainty in his voice. I would agree. Well, because. Uh, I was like. 
I was standing right in front of you, my know, newly spelt self that has to buy a bunch of new sweater vests. I know when you, when you and said, "I will be there," and I'm there from the middle of Indiana, trucking on down to IU. Now, Maddie, what's the, the TV commercial where they get the red flag? They do the replay. <laughs> the replay would be when you left. Oh, you want that? You want yeah. the replay? The replay would be it was like, indetermined whether you would be Tuesday or Thursday, and as soon as Hal oh. said okay. I sent you an email, and I, I, mean, I might have heard back, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get my email. I saw that email at about 4.05 this morning. Okay. Anyway, but here you are. So, but, uh, yeah, but I, I, think I, I, already, I knew one way or another I was going to be here on Tuesday. Okay. So what are we going to gripe about today? Well, if you, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to quiz Mr. Weber, since I rarely get to see him, and I love talking sports with him for a little bit. And, Matt, if I know, I would have canceled all of my classes today and been in there in person if I'd known you were going to be there. <laughs> Uh, Matt, Matty Weber's still popular. Everybody loves him. The, the ladies, uh, the ladies. Yeah, Matt Weber's. That, well, the ladies should know he's 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 totally off the market. Thank yeah, you. Oh yeah, no. I'm saying we have a yeah. group of uh, ladies from Arizona that used to listen to us on the air, and I think they're all uh, they're not kids anymore. They love Matty. Where is he? Is he okay? How's his <laughs> wife doing? How's, do. his, how's the second baby? Same the same ladies that pester me about your dog pester me about Matty's wife and the oh. baby. Well, that's that's what I thought. And real quick, yeah. the dogs are doing very well. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, I get to I get the blind one to come sit on me while I watch college football all day Saturday, and I think we scored getting her for five days over Thanksgiving. Wow, good for you! Nice. So lots of blind dog pictures coming. Through. Well, you know what? They should have. If she was the coach of the, of the Raiders the other night, the blind dog could have done better. Why did that guy <laughs> kick that field goal? I have no idea. Oh my goodness gracious! Anyway, have a well. Have a, I mean, what, what about Notre Dame only having ten people on the field? Two plays in a row. I know. It's hard yeah. to do. Oh. Well, let me ask you I have this. a theory on that. I think it was their green uniforms blending into the grass causing confusion. <laughs> you know, it could be. I like that. Those I, green uniforms. I have yeah. a question for you. When I was, it's very difficult to look look mean when you're Kelly Green. Now, go ahead and well, I, ask your question. That rhymed, I and I agree. Well, my, my question is, as, as being a guy who was in the school board, say, if you asked eight janitors to check the doors at night, does anybody check the doors? If it's one guy's job, if you have 15 people on staff, allegedly to make sure there's people on the field, it's oh, not, it's not I one. Get it. It's not one. Sp- yeah. But how? How if you're on the field? How if you're like the D tackle and you notice there's nobody standing next to you who's supposed to be the DN? How do you not know that there's somebody missing? See, this is how I know I married well because um, you know I, there are a lot of things like that that just magically get done. Yeah. And I don't do them because I know somebody else is going to do it. I know, and I know what you mean by, you know, if there are eight janitors and all of them are supposed to check the door, they're all going to assume the other seven are doing it, so why should I quit playing poker and go do that? Exactly right. right I have a question here, and you can pine on this. You're a sports dude. Uh, this is an uh-huh. interesting one. Was, uh, this is my chorus stuff. Was Mike Schmidt, the Hall of Fame third baseman for the Phillies, 1980 MVP season, the best offensive season by a National League third baseman ever? Mm-hmm. Because he also, I guess, he won the Gold Glove as well. And the answer is no, not close to the best off season for even a Philly third baseman. One issue is how to define third baseman. Matt, do you know the definition of the Gold Glove? I did not. Until I read this. I assume you have uh-huh. to make a, you have to play a certain number of games at the position. You guess how many? Uh, is it more than half? A quarter. Oh, a quarter. Oh. I would have guessed more than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a low number because there's a Golden Glove. Well, it's it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting. Uh, well, this year it's it's very interesting because uh, Bellinger is essentially Gold Glove material in two spots. 
the guy in his Cubs, right, man? Yeah, yeah, he's been very good at center and at first. So this guy, is there such a thing as offensive war? Wins above replacement? Correct. Okay, so the guy went with the uh, wins above replacement, w- offensive, and it turns out Schmidt's 1980 season was only the 11th best offensive season by a nationally, nationally hitter who started at least 100 games for his team at third. This guy arbitrarily won 100 games. Okay. So here are the seasons and their and their offensive war numbers. Who would be number one? I'm surprised. I bet you get this. Who would, who would you guys say is number one? Nationally third baseman, yeah. offensive season. Yep. Um, I'm thinking of a bunch of American League third basemen. That's not really helping. No. You, you, yeah, you, that's, that's me too. <laughs> and you said uh, not non Philly. Or does that no no? I, I, I actually gave you a hint. It wasn't even the best one for a, thir- a Philly third baseman. Well, so it's a Philly one. Was it Scott Rowland? Oh. Nope. Do you know any you know any third baseman? I'll Philly give you a clue. Okay. He 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 is not in the Hall of Fame, and he should be. Uh, Dick Allen. Well, Dick Allen. Ding ding ding. Yeah, Dick Allen. Second, and this one this one surprised Joe Torre. I'm not surprised at that. Uh, I knew he was a good player, but I've I've known Joe Torre back from our Double A days when he was the manager of Nashville. But he, I mean, most people would have thought he was a catcher, but he was both third baseman and catcher. Yeah. Uh, was he was he one of those guys that that you know catching was so tough on their knees, and it was before great sports medicine that he was like, I got to play some third, or I'm gonna be a cripple in five years. Actually, actually wasn't, I remember them putting Johnny Bench at third base every once in a while. Well, actually, it you wasn't know? that. Uh, well, it might have been that near the end, but Ransano talked about when they first met at some all-star mm-hmm. game and somewhere, Santa was catching and Joe Torre was playing third. <laughs> and they both were – Santa was a catcher. Yeah. Anyway, I'll just rattle down this list real fast. Santa on your list? Uh, um, Eddie Matthews. Okay. Number th- Eddie Matthews is a great ball player. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ransano, 84, is number four. Howard Johnson, 89. Chipper Jones, 99. Eddie Matthews again. Chipper Jones. Ransano again. Mm-hmm. Mike Schmidt, again, or at first time at number nine slot. Then Eddie Matthews. Eddie Matthews in here three times. He's the only one who is. And then the uh, Mike Schmidt. So Sano twice, Eddie Matthews three times, uh, Chipper Jones once, uh, everybody else just one time. Uh, Joe Torre once, Dick Allen. I, Dick Allen was a great ball player. He obviously wasn't well liked <laughs> by, the, by the press, but he was a great ball player. I mean, uh, I, I have no reason, why, I know, no reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Um, anyway, hey. Uh, uh, it's the it, it's the gatekeepers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Russell, yeah. yesterday, yes, sir. would you mind opining uh, a little bit? I had with a call in from uh, a couple people. One of them being Nancy. Uh, one of her friends was talking about. Uh, evidently, the, the press is saying that the Saudis and the Chinese and the Russians and God knows who else are planning on launching their their currency. I had no idea they were, they were talking about January first. I thought it was just a you know pie in the sky type of thing. Oh, I thought I thought it was like a let's let's. Well, first off, January. I, I you and I talked about for full disclosure. I, I stopped by and said hi because I happened to be in the yes. neighborhood. Um, actually, it was really because a scary homeless guy. I, I had to duck into your office to avoid him. But uh, you're going to think that it's because I came to visit you. Um, <laughs> but while I was in the office, you had you know you told me about the BRICS creating their own currency. And, uh, you know, in, in, you know, my initial thought whenever I hear about a currency that's going to be shared by a bunch of different countries, of course, our best example is the euro. And the euro has had issues uh, and the economies that tied to the euro have had issues because 
they're different economies. And I think the easiest example is Greece versus Germany. Germany is a, you know, uh, the, the great the, the southern or southern Europe is much different than northern Europe, uh, just as far as their attitudes about money and everything else. And so there's starting to be a real disconnect between um, the different economies and, and what they wanted to do interest rate wise, etc. Um, you know, the only thing that the BRICS company or countries have in common is they're all BRICS countries. So I, I, I think it's even more difficult to have a common currency with a bunch of geographically dispersed countries like that uh, and have them agree on, you know, who's going to be the central bank? What, you know, are you going to issue bonds in whatever this new currency is? Uh, you know, all of those factors. But even a bigger factor is we may not be the largest trading partner with, with all these countries, and God knows we are not with Russia right now. But, you know, what happens when Saudi Arabia says uh, we want to deliver this tanker of oil to a company in the U.S. and the U.S. will only pay them in dollars? Are they going to refuse that business or are they going to, you know, are they, are they going to go, OK, we'll take dollars? So, you know, maybe amongst themselves they can use this currency, but I don't see it displacing the dollar uh, anytime in the, you know, anytime ever actually. Uh, I don't know what will displace the dollar. It will happen at some some time in the future. Um, but because, you know, the pound used to be the dominant currency and we can go back through time where there were different currencies that were dominant currency. And eventually the U.S. will fall off from that. But I don't think it's going to be a consortium of emerging markets that are going to cause that to happen. A uh, couple questions. Uh Actually, this is a, for me. It's a fascinating subject. I think obviously we had some calls of this for people too. Uh, let's kind of take this one from the top. Uh, okay. The, the euro is essentially like the dollar now. It's backed by the full faith and credit of the European community, like our dollar. It's not. It's not tied to yeah. gold or anything specifically anymore, right? It's not. I don't believe it right. is. Right. So my first question is when they on day one of the euro, and and you and I were supposed to take our marks or French francs or whatever it was and haul them into the bank and come out with the euros. Who, who decided the ratio? Was it the market or did somebody say... I feel like there was a... I mean, I gotta look this up, but I feel like um, there was a, a time frame that they kind of matched the two up, but there was also an overlap. Like, before the, the euro currency became the primary currency, I believe we were trading both Demark in, in your currency futures at CBO. I'm sorry, at CME Group. At CME Group. Um, so I do feel like there was somewhat of an overlap between the two, so you could get a good idea as to what the exchange rate should be. Uh, I, I feel like it was over a certain number of days toward the end of the transition where they came up with the exchange rate, but. That is old man memory. That's that's been. Well, you know, that would make huge sense. That would make huge sense. Russell. It would so, make huge sense, and yeah. I just feel like there was something along those lines. Um, back back when they did all of that, I was I was still in undergrad, and one of the professors at University of Memphis wrote a paper on wrote a paper on how the euro was going to be a disaster, which he was totally wrong. But um, but I I think I remember him talking about you know, one of the smart things they did was the way they phased it in. Um, flipping it over on January 1st is a terrible idea. 
Well, so they essentially let the market starting a phase in, and like I said, I didn't, I haven't had a chance to read about it yet. So they essentially let the market do this, the pricing. They did. They which, let which the market, is, which is real smart, by the way. Yeah, imagine that allowing market forces to figure a few things out. Well, from what you the know, people were telling like, me yesterday about the the brick, and I, again, I don't know who those going to run it because that's a problem. But it's supposed to be based like I'm always ragging on the on the uh, Bitcoin. It's supposed to be based on a list of commodities. Although I don't think it's fungible, from the people I was talking to yesterday. So when I say mm-hmm. fungible, your 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 future, your corn future, if you've got it and the prices don't match up, you can take delivery of was it twenty five hundred bushels of corn or five thousand or whatever it is. So it's it's fungible into the into the uh, the spot into whatever the the thing happens to be. Now that gets pretty sloppy with oil. Yeah. And you got to go to Norman, Oklahoma, or whatever hell you got to go, and uh, it can get very sloppy, but. Basically, with corn or, or soybeans, you, you get a warehouse receipt. It's yours, right? Uh, so that's how you, you match the two up. But I think, you know, in, in light of our kind of previous discussion with Kenny and uh, regarding people being sort of pissed off uh, and uh, with, with the Fed's activities in the last however many years, certainly the last four, maybe the last 20, I, I'm really kind of stunned, uh, Russell, that Every, every grandma in the world, if, if they're still alive after 20 years, isn't running around the, the treasury with, with, you know, with a cane pointing at Paul's head saying, you just, you just degraded my wealth dramatically by what you did. I mean, I, I mean Americans mm-hmm. here, we somehow, I don't know why, somehow we're putting up with it, and I don't, I don't get why. Well, the, the, well, see, you and I know that. We, we know the source of inflation. If, 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 if my sister, a wonderful person, a blue-collar person, if she were to, if I were to ask her why she thinks prices are higher, she would say COVID or China or COVID and China. You okay. see what I'm saying? Yeah. She would. I don't think she would blame, and and that's because the the common voice out there is factors outside of our control except we're in a wartime economy i've heard that as an excuse uh that you know that you and i as professionals know that it really is fed action that has added fuel you know fuel to the fire on inflation and they are you know, they, they are very much to blame with where we're at now uh, but i don't think the average person knows that and that's why they're not wandering around the fed uh hitting Powell in the head with their cane well, because I mean, one thing yeah, I, I don't know it. One thing yeah, I learned early that's on. The thing is, is you and I are a lot closer to this than a lot of other people. Well, you know, people are just now picking up on that China's a disaster, uh, uh, that their economy is a disaster and may not ever recover. Uh, you know, I think you and I have been able to see that for a year. Well, I, I see it because I talk to you because I, I don't. I, that, that's you know. That's, so, but that to, to answer your question is that's why because we're we're closer to the situation. Well, I, I think and the I, average person doesn't realize that the Federal Reserve has that much influence on their lives. Well, the, when I was... Uh, they really don't. I told this story, and I'll, I'll be very brief. When I entered the international economics class at University of Chicago with 10, 15 people that were in there from Europe, I, I, uh-huh. if there was a dunce cap, I would have been wearing it. Oh, yeah. Because those guys knew all we, about We the, never have to worry about currency. We, we, yeah. we should, but we don't. But yeah, we don't. How are you going to yeah. worry about it? But I, I think for anybody to kind of really understand what I'm talking about and what you're talking about, is picture yourself as somebody overseas that somehow managed to amass 
$1,000 in $100 bills, not, not even five years ago, but say 20, 20 year 2000 or 2007. I mean, w- in terms of other commodities, you're down, you got to be down 50%. Oh, yeah. On what you can buy from that down. And and it's not the price of the Ford truck going up. It's the price of the dollar going down. It is. And and I got to tell you, you know, a a point that that we've discussed a lot on this show is the, um, you know, is how the purchasing power and what the average family could get and what they, you know, what they can get now. And I'm seeing... I'm seeing things on Instagram and Twitter by non-financial people about this that are actually showing, you know, so there might be, you know, showing uh, how much more difficult it is to have the exact same quality of life as, you know, like a high-end blue-collar worker. Well, you, know, I, you work, you work at the factory, you've got yourself a new car every three or four years, you put your kids through school, maybe put them through college, got to go to your favorite vacation spot, um, you know, one week every summer, got the other week off for the holidays. You know, and and led a fairly decent life with all of that. Uh, now, you know, you you really can't have a decent life unless both parents are working. Well, you know, and that and and I even include like somebody on a professor's salary like me. I, I would agree, absolutely. Yeah. You're, not, you're not getting a forty yeah, percent raise. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I think I, as much as you, so. as much as we, and I don't, I don't ever really want anything good to happen to the Saudi royal family. I'll be bluntly honest, I think they're a bunch of murderers, but that, that would just be me, especially this guy, yeah. not, not all of them. Uh, but I, everybody thinks that this price of oil is 90 bucks. To them, it's, it's not. It's, it's 55 in terms of buying power. Ooh, I, I, I should create a chart that, yeah, but I, I should create a chart of, in terms uh, of like the real, real price. I mean, how, many more, how many more dollars do they need now to, to buy the 747 that so they can fly around the world and do whatever they damn well do, do. They need a hell of a lot more than they used to, right? Yeah, you know those gold-plated um, um, stairway things they pull up to the plane on them. Those got to be very expensive yeah, to replace. Yeah, I mean, much as I've seen them come down, those. Oh things? yeah, much as much as I don't care about those guys, they know for sure what this has done to them, right? Oh yeah. The, oh yeah, the, the the Russian peasant that somehow managed to find peasant's a horrible word, but somehow managed to get ten hundred dollar bills as his life saving. He knows what's happened to him. Grandma knows what happened yeah. to her. Happened to her. If it's been in the bank the last ten years. The rest of us just blindly, me included, go blindly through the day, paying another dollar for a glass of wine. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. And uh, and somehow, I don't know. I don't know what you can do about it necessarily, but I don't think we even get it. I mean. I don't think the average person gets it. Again, uh, it, it, one of the lessons I learned, uh, and, and we accredit my wife on this one, uh, is that you know, I'm so close to and paying so much attention to everything that's going on in the economy that I'm generally about six months too early on stuff. Oh, yeah. She was saying, we've been married about, you know, we're about halfway through our marriage, and I said something about being worried about stocks, and she goes, you know, every time you say that, six months later something happens. So I wrote it down on the calendar, and she she was dead on with that one. You know, um, uh, this will interest you. We get a few minutes before the break. One of our first uh, clients, and God, what a character, uh, was a big developer down in Arizona. But he also uh-huh. had been a, a he was a he was a POW. He got shut down in a B twenty four. He was a navigator or something. So he spent some time in a, a prisoner war camp, Germany. Anyway, war hero the whole bit. But tough old boy. Uh, he had all these places in Arizona and, and blah, blah, blah. But he also was a trader because he had been a Merrill Lynch broker in like the 50s. 
don't know if there was a Series okay. 7 back then, but he was a broker, and then he then he bought this and bought that, and then he got into property and stuff. He originally in Columbus, Indiana. But he was a guy that liked to do technical analysis. And, uh, and there, at the time, I met him, I don't know, 90, 91, somewhere in there, when we first started PTI. And uh, he had... The four, he had some computer system back in the day where he had a, 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 the feed. I think that was a bridge was one of them that had all the graphs. He had, there oh, weren't yeah, very many feed, yeah. But he had somehow or another, he got all the data, and he had four screens. And one of them had uh, Joe Granville's original technical stuff that I guess was really good before Joe just became Mr. Permabear until the rally of 82 and he never stopped. He was like the, the Tom Lee of his day, you know. And if the market yeah. collapses here, Times Lee's going to still tell you it's a buy every day because that's what he does. I mean, he can't he can't turn it around at all. I'm not saying anything bad about him, or maybe I just did, but Joe Granville was the same way. It was him. There was some other guy. Uh, uh, there's like four different technical ones. There's a, there's a candlestick guy, uh-huh. and then there was a Fibonacci Steve guy. Mason. Yeah, there's a, the Fibonacci. Anyway, I can't even name, but there's four of them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, he, and he said when they all would match up, he'd make a trade. So he put... Two hundred fifty grand in a futures account. Two hundred fifty grand, a lot of money back in nineteen ninety. Oh he, yeah. He puts it in a futures Especially account. For futures. Yeah, and he put yeah. it, put it in there, and he starts trading futures. And he says every single time, talk, you're talking about us. I mean, he goes every time I put a trade on, I wait till all four of these things confirm that, um, you know, cattle's a buy or pork bellies are a buy, whatever the hell it is. And he goes, yeah. And he goes after six months, he goes, I'm break even. I can't make a dime every time. He goes, it seems like. Every single time I'm right, but I'm early, just like you and I are talking about. But it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Actually, he found the hardest market yeah. to do this would would be the S and P. But there was no S and P back in the day that was trading. But he goes, what I did was I started to put them all individually. He was pretty good at math into regression analysis, which I remember, ah. I, I remember that from yeah. from being in grad school. And he goes, it turns out every one of them had a delay, and every one of them was different. So he'd have, he'd have like 20 commodities. He had you know, soybeans, he had corn, he had pork bellies, he had gold, he had silver. He goes, every one of them was different. He goes, corn was about five days. Uh, pork bellies were like 10 days. Gold was like two weeks. And he says, as soon as I started to do that, it'd all pop up on my screen. I'd wait up until, I'd wait, I'd wait it out. And the next year, he made like a million bucks. You know, I, I, it's not like I, I never asked him for the system. I didn't do anything. I never traded futures that much. I was an options guy. And uh, he goes, every one of them has a delay. And, 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 and you can figure out which one it is on each one. That was back in those days. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? If it, so it's not just you and me that think we find things early. He goes, every single one of these things. He goes, he goes the quickest one, when the, when the spoons started trading, they were like only a day or two delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I don't use these. I'm, this is out of thirty-year-old oh, memory, I, so no. you know, don't don't pick on the. He said every I'm single. I'm not running in and trading basing on what you're saying. No, but right I, now, I, I was surprised that every one was different. I mean, every every individual. I'm not. I, I I'm really not. And um, I I I used to run a uh, an automated uh, CTA run, trading financial futures, and. Um, each of those markets had slightly different signals. And the fun thing about it is those markets, um, they, it, it actually, because they had different delays, et cetera, it provided diversification as well. And he probably got that as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not the least bit surprised. That, and, and you know, I, I spend so little time with actual people and so much time looking at screens that I also know um, 
every it, it what you say is actually true for individual stocks as well. Uh, probably is. Well, and, and, well, uh, Dr. Where, yeah. well, Dr. J was was absolutely convinced that uh, mm-hmm. you know because John traded in IBM and I traded in OEX. Yeah, and he said every stock, no matter what it is, if it's bad news or good news, this is this is John talking, so it's not wasn't like mathematically yeah. proven. He goes, every stock, if all of a sudden some bad news comes out in IBM or some good news, because people mm-hmm. read about their stock that night. Uh, you know, didn't have a million NBCs on. Oh, and the next he, day, he goes. Yeah, it, he goes. Everything with a stock is a two-day phenomenon. He goes, but everything that happens in the index, if it's a a Senate bill that wasn't supposed to pass and it did it, everything that happens in the index. He goes, is a one-day phenomenon because the 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 market news pa- goes around a lot faster than the individual stock news. And I was surprised. Yeah. I, mean, I think he was that right. I, I mean, I, no, I don't know if it was one day or two days or whatever, but. Uh, I think I think it made some sense to be to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But it's but it's all about you know it's all about timing, right? I mean it's. Mm-hmm. But I just when we come back, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I was just talking about with Kenny the market. Um, you know, you you look at the news and try and fit it into your investments. It's really a fool's game because everybody's watching the same movie. But by the same token, I don't know I've ever seen stuff kind of right in front of you with this, with the. Uh, in the next few months, even though the market is is going down over the last couple of weeks, I mean clearly some of these stocks like Nvidia are down ninety bucks from their tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean we're seeing some pullback, but how do you how do you know if it's enough? I was uh, kind of regaling <laughs> a horrible story yesterday that you know during the eighty seven crash, you know I was getting clobbered in my position every day and I was making enough back trading. And I after on Friday I said you know we're already down like fourteen percent for God's sake and it wasn't even like there was a, a war. And I said, you know, the biggest yeah. moves ever were, you know, Eisenhower's heart attack and Kennedy's assassination. And all of them were in the 8 10 12% range. There was no reason to think we were going another 22%, but we did. You know, and, yeah. and you see people on TV going, yeah, well, if all this bad news, if the government shuts down and this happens, that happens, I could see us going down like 6%. And I'm going, what, what side of your ass did you pull that number out of? Once it starts going down, how do you have any idea when it's going to stop or up, for that matter? I mean, so the I, Anyway, we'll talk about that after break. SP Futures down 1950, NASDAQ Futures down 71. I'm surprised we're down. I'm surprised all the time. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. 
It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lower North Bank stocks and jacks. I'm Tamal Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down 22. It's the lowest we've seen. If you look like it might be rallying a little bit. SP Futures down 77, so no wowie yet. Uh, Dow Futures down 103. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX down 93, now 0.6%. Footsie's up uh, 14 points, 0.2%. They've been uh, the stout one this week, uh, mainly because their central bank uh, said inflation was coming down a little bit, and uh, they did not raise rates. So they've been kind of the out- upside uh not upside, but not down as much as the rest. Kek around down 48.7%. We're in Asia, we got whack whack here again. Nikkei down 363, that's 1.1%. Hang Seng down 262. Another one and a half. These guys are down, I'm going to say, five, 600 points in the last couple of days. Down 17,466. Maybe Russell will come out on that when he comes back. Uh, Shanghai down 13.4%. Uh, U.S. yesterday up. I thought it was going to be a start of a few days, but wrong all. Top 43, S&P down, up 17, NASDAQ up 59. Uh, bonds today with 10-year yield down 4 basis points, 4.50 almost exactly. One down 2, 2.77. Japan up 1.75. We've got oil under 90 bucks, 80, 89.14. It's down 55 cents. Brent down 58 cents, 92.71. Natural gas down 8 cents, 2.55. Arbob down 3 cents, 2.51. We've got gold down seven bucks. Everything down, down, down. Nineteen twenty-nine. Silver down thirteen cents, twenty-three twenty-five. Copper down a penny, three sixty-five. We even have Bitcoin down eighty-two bucks uh, to twenty-six thousand two twenty-five. U.S. dollar uh, narrow, narrowly mixed here. It's, it's uh, actually down a little bit to the euro, but it's up against the uh, British pound. Uh, the British pound at one twenty-one, and the euro at one oh six. Matty, what do you got for us, Travis? Other sports. 35 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. A couple of crashes to report. Inbound Eisenhower just before I-355. We have a crash causing stop-and-go traffic if you're coming inbound on I-290. And then on the uh, south side, it looks like the inbound Bishop Ford uh, just before 111th Street, which is exit 66A, there was a crash that's just been cleared, but solid traffic coming in inbound on I-94 on the Bishop Ford from the south side. No other crashes in the area. Inbound Kennedy O'Hare into downtown. We're up to 55 minutes, uh, which is pretty normal with the road construction. Inbound Edens, Lake Cook Road into downtown, 62 minutes. Uh, inbound Eisenhower, we mentioned that crash. Uh, you're at 63 minutes from Thorndale into uh, the Jane Byrne. And it uh, looks like the inbound Ryan is moving uh, pretty quickly. You'll see uh, certainly uh, some slow traffic as you approach downtown, but uh, it looks like uh, 31 minutes from 95th into downtown on the Ryan. 
Weather today, clouds early, and then we'll see rain later this morning, and that will continue on and off uh, throughout the day and into the evening. So just kind of a rainy, dreary day today. A high of 70. Right now it's overcast and still dry downtown, but rain's coming. Uh, it's 66, going up to a high of 70. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 105 today. Right now it's clear and 75. In sports, the final week of the Major League Baseball season is uh, upon us. The Cubs are tied with the Diamondbacks uh, for the uh, second and third wildcard spots. Marlins are a game back. Reds are two and a half back, three back in the loss column. So it's basically those four teams competing for the final two spots in the NL wildcard race. Cubs finish their season with three in Atlanta beginning tonight, uh, followed by three in Milwaukee. Uh, Cubs are also six back of the Brewers with six to go, so if the Cubs were to go 6-0 and and the Brewers go 0-6, I guess they could tie for the division, but that's uh, less than 1% chance, I would say. Uh, Cubs in Atlanta tonight, 6-20 first pitch, Justin Steele on the mound. White Sox will host uh, those pesky Diamondbacks tonight down on the south side, so the Cubs will be cheering for the White Sox for the next few days. D-backs lost to the Yankees yesterday, 6-4. Lastly, Monday Night Football, it was the Eagles over the Buccaneers, 25-11. Philadelphia is undefeated at 3-0. And the Bengals got their first win of the season, uh, beating the Rams at home, 19-16. Chief? Um, three real quickie questions for you. Actually, one, two questions and a, and a statement about a Bear fan. Uh, if the, the Cubs end up with the third spot, the third wildcard spot, uh-huh. then they play the Brewers and all three games are in Milwaukee, correct? Um... I think that's correct. Yeah, I don't think they I'll could answer have, that one. Yeah, it is. I, I checked that. Yeah, all three games would be in a lot. Okay, yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't think you get a home game in that three games here. All right, so when, no. if, if you're in the, the, the second or third wildcard spots, and, uh, and then, then it, would they play, uh, if they play Philly, is all, all three of those in Philly, or those go back and forth? I'm pretty sure that the, uh, in Russell, if you read it, uh, go ahead, but I think the in the first round, the uh, the higher seed gets all three home games. Okay. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I was just – I looked at an article the other day, you know, if the season ended today, who's playing who? And so I just happened to look at that recently. So, yeah, that, that's the way that works. Second question is the, the Sox, since Thursday is a makeup game, and they've already taken the tickets, you know, sucked the money out of everybody. You can get in for a buck, Chuck, free parking. Are you going? Nice. Uh, no, but uh, good, to, good to know. Yeah, good to know. Uh yeah. The uh, anywho, that's uh, but I ha- plus I have a, a call in on a bear fan, and I wonder if if we could possibly contrast this guy with Russell and I talking about money supplies around the world. Guy calls in after the game. I was coming back, my buddies in Park Ridge. He goes first. He's upset that the Bears are so horrible, but he, he's focusing <laughs> in on next year's draft picks, of which the Bears evidently have two first round picks. Yeah. So he's all good to go for next year, which is like another spin around the around the sun, right? Uh, and now he's assuming pissed we all make it another yeah. year. He's all and he's pissed yeah. off that the, that the the Cardinals are actually losing. He was hoping they'd win a couple of games because now he wants the Bears. If they're going to be crappy, he wants them to lose out again so they get the number one pick. And I guess they got Carolina's number one pick, and they're not very good either. So he's convinced that. Next year's our year. <laughs> there's a real possibility. Oh it's, it's sad to say three games into the season, but there's a real possibility that the Bears could have the number one pick and the number two pick uh, in this upcoming draft because Carolina looks really bad as well, and the you know uh, the Bears look very bad as we all know. So uh, there you go. But they're gonna they're gonna use one of those picks. I'll bet you a, a beer in advance, a future beer, uh, and, and and a, and a shot. Uh, 
that they use one of those picks for a quarterback again. I, I would say if the season plays out like we're talking about and they get the number one pick again, they will absolutely use it on a quarterback. It'll make eight in the last 15 years or 16 years. Yeah, and they will be the same as 25 other teams because there's only seven teams that have a quarterback. Yeah, it's well, I, I think I, I don't see how I don't I don't think Johnny you could have come here, come here and developed like, is, these guys. This is a place where quarterbacks go to die. <laughs> I mean, what's his name? Nagy's right back in Kansas City. And guess what? He's doing a good job, like he was when he came here. <laughs> the guy wasn't an idiot. He just had nothing to work with here. No line, nothing. I, I, anyway, one man's opinion. There's something yeah. to be said for that. Um, no, you're, 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 I think you're very dead on on that. It's just like at this point, what else can we say about the Bears? They're, they're 15 Other players than, short. They've been in this existence is, is, for 100 years, yeah. and they've never had a good quarterback. So I, at some Sid, point, Sid it's got to come back to them. Sid Luckman. Sure, Sid Luckman in the 40s or 50s or whatever. But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, I mean, it's, it's a big enough sample size now. There's been a million coaches, a million quarterbacks, a million offensive lines. None of them have worked. I think it might be the Bears. Well, the kid from Denver, I think, was actually a really good quarterback. But we did the best to separate his ribs from his neck and his head for, for the, whole, the whole time he was their color. Yeah. I, I think with a, with a good team, Mick, I'd have been fine. Yeah, he had talent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's part of it is I don't think Fields is that bad. I no, just I don't think, either. you know, right. I, and, and in fact, it, you know, I, and, and I'm bad with names, but, you know, the guy went from Detroit where he had no support whatsoever, and he went out to Los Angeles, I believe, and all of a sudden it's like, who the heck is this guy? And that I, I, I just remember saying to Mary Beth, I was like, you know, maybe that's what that maybe that's the key to getting a decent quarterback. You find somebody that you think has all the skills and is really good, but is you know just doesn't have a good support. And you you bring them into a good organization that's got all those other pieces. Uh, they can be a hell of a quarterback. Can you imagine as, as yeah. fast and as I, that? I can see I can see Bills winning a Super Bowl with another team. He'd I really could. Yeah, take, take him a while. Take him a while. Well, no, he does a lot with a whole lot of people chasing him. <laughs> you know, a, lot, a whole lot more people chasing him than are chasing some of the other quarterbacks in the league on a regular basis. And he still does okay. You know, I just I, I feel like you can't really put the, put you just can't put this whole thing on him at all. Well, well this you, weekend you watch like last night. You know, you watch Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, uh, won a Super Bowl recently. You watch, uh, you know, over the Eagles last night um, who were in the Super Bowl last year, and, and they developed uh, Jalen Hurts, who has a similar, similar skill set to Fields. You watch uh, McDaniel, the uh, quarterback at uh, Miami. They put up 70 on Sunday with a young quarterback yep. who was shaky in his first couple years. And you wonder, these guys are all from the same sort of coaching tree, right? These young yeah. guru offensive guys. And the Bears, they hire Matt Eberflus from the Colts with no pedigree at all, where did that hire come from? And I'm not blaming this all on the head coach, but why, why don't we hire the, a, a young, like, offensive guru if we're trying to develop a young quarterback? Why would we, we – we had the worst defense in the NFL last year. We have it again this year with the defensive guy. <laughs> so, I mean, it can't get any worse. One, one of my uncles told me it's a Bears yeah. defensive yeah. team. They will never have, hire a guy – with an offense that he can't stop with his defense, he, he's he's incapable of imagining it. Oh Jesus! Well, they tried it with Nagy, yeah. And, yeah. But I don't know. It's just frustrating when you I, watch these other teams that look. I mean, if I think if you put Fields, if you swap Fields and Hurts right now, I I doubt you'd barely tell the difference. Well, just imagine 
if, oh, probably, yeah. if, if, if that guy got sacked eight times as fast as he is, he's one of the fastest players in the game. Imagine if it was me. It had been like 30 times. <laughs> you wouldn't be with us right I wouldn't now. be with you. I, would, I wouldn't be here, <laughs> or else I'd be in, I'd be in traction <laughs> we, or something. We, we, we love you, but you know, you'd be drinking out of a tube. Oh, God. Matt would be hosting. Uh, um, Russell, can I get back so, to the, the, uh, absolutely, the thing? That, the, absolutely. After you left yesterday, we were talking about the – if, for instance, currency-wise – the the theory of the of the brick thing uh, that these guys were talking these guys guy and lady were talking about yesterday um, is that it's going to be backed by commodities. So essentially, they're trying yeah. to get themselves out of. When I say they, the, the Russians, and if you have if you have if I have any sympathy for these people whatsoever, it's the way we've basically denutted them with our currency act- activities in the last fifteen years. So the three yeah. three or four countries that actually have currencies that are decent. We've done our best to, to make these guys less less powerful, which is fine because I don't want them more powerful. But the fact is, to think that they haven't recognized it, you know, come on, they can't be that stupid. They went to the same schools here as, as people did here. Uh, if somebody were to put together a currency that was based on something, I'll say, other than whatever Paul felt like doing tomorrow, I'm not so sure that if, if you did it properly, the thing wouldn't be a hit. If you were to match something like that up, for instance, and I'm not recommending this, uh, but if, if somebody does it, I want a consulting fee. If somebody were to match that currency up with the Bitcoin or the Ethereum process, I'm not so sure you wouldn't have a winner, Russell. I, I think you could do that. I think you'd have to take a second step where... Uh, you have a daily settlement at some, you know, at zero GMT or something like that, based on spot prices of the different commodities it's being backed by. And I think you have to make it easily convertible into U.S. dollars, and that's where I think the, that's where I think the failure comes from, right there. What you're what you're really saying is, I'm not putting words in your mouth. What you're really saying is you can't count on them to not cheat, like the Fed oh, cheat. No, yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I agree with you. Know, you. And I'm and I'm sorry, but. Look at who, look at who's behind this thing, Brazil, Brazil, Russia, I'm with you. I'm with you. India. I mean, you know, I I have a very high opinion of a couple of those countries, and a couple of them I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trust to, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't lend five bucks to for a cup of coffee because I know I'd never see it again. I I would agree. You know how can and and I mean, you know, for the euro. In order to remain in the euro, you have to you have to hit certain economic targets. Like inflation can only be a percent of GDP, debts of GDP, a bunch of other things. I mean, with such a diverse number of economies there, and let's just take the five that are BRICS, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Um, they are very different countries. I, I agree. It was what you're saying different you're... economic forces. I mean, China gets killed by inflation. Russia loves inflation because of higher oil prices. You know, I mean, how how do you balance those two different, you know, just different economy with the same currency? You just can't do it. Well, if the currency was, I'll use the term independent, it was based totally on, you know, an ounce of gold or a, a, a hundredth of an ounce of gold, a hundredth of an ounce of silver, yeah. a quart of oil. If, if it actually was fungible and nobody could nobody could bleep with it, so, uh, so it, it probably would be a success. Be back, well, ours used to be like it, that, right? We were on the gold standard. It, well, it used to be backed by gold. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and we and started our, cheating. We got, 
We started cheating, and look what happened to us. Am I going to be able to buy a brick? I'm going to call them bricks. Am I going to be able to buy a brick? And if I choose to do so, I've got a claim for an oil tanker, some gold, some copper, some silver, whatever else happen, you know, it happens to be based on. Well, that was my first question and to the people what, I was talking to yesterday. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it fungible? And, In other words, could I turn my soybean contract into, into soybeans? Yeah. And here's another thing is um, China, which, and, and, and I have huge, I, I think, I mean, I'm, I might have 30 years left. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if China is nothing like it looks like today in 30 years, and not in a good way. Really? They, they uh, oh think yeah. they're going to run the world. Uh, no, they, they've got. They have huge demographic issues. And they, 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 they just. They, they, the one-child thing has created this big bulge, and then this narrow thing, and now people that are like twenty and thirty, they're so discouraged by the world, they don't even want to have kids. So they, they're going to. Their, their population is going to. Uh, they're going to have negative population growth. Well, you know, and, speaking of, of weird and, headlines that you're talking about. Uh, well, that mm-hmm. remember the one way back in the day was uh, Nixon remains firm on pullout. Remember that one was a, was a <laughs> well the one yesterday yeah. in, in Singapore was spectacular. It was a Singapore uh, lack of uh, Singapore birth rate way down and throwing money at it won't help. No, money do, money doesn't get you a baby. <laughs> oh well, no, they're, they they've talked about compensating people in in. China for stepping up and having a couple of kids, but where is that money coming from? They're t- I mean, they, the, the whole economy over there is a nightmare. But one of the things about going, when, I, when I've been to China, uh, and and you get some of the the currency from there, that currency is printed by the individual banks. Really, like it should be like you used yeah, to be here in the old west. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's similar to that. You can. I, w- I wish I were back in my my home because uh, I do have some of the currency. And so is Saudi Arabia, are, are the Saudi Arabians, the Russians, um, who really can't have an opinion about anything in my mind, uh, India, who, I mean, India has borders, border clashes with China. Oh, yeah. You think they're really going to, uh, but do you think those other four countries uh, fully believe that China is only going to print as much of whatever the new currency is well, the, they the, say they're going to? I, I, I uh in theory, in theory, none of them would be able to print anything unless it, was, it came out of somewhere where they actually had the stuff in storage. But that's the theory. Of course, you don't. You and I know they'll, they'll do nothing but cheat. But I mean, I don't. I don't really have an issue with them being pissed off at what we've done to them. <laughs> I mean, do you? I mean, you, no. Here, we ma- should worry about ourselves. Whenever oh, yeah. I hear about, you know, the Fed shouldn't do this because of emerging markets. I'm sorry, but you know, in I, I, I did a lecture once about uh, at a Christian school about money in the Bible, and the Bible actually says that, I mean, it's, it, I, I, can't, I definitely can't quote it, but the, it is in the Bible that it says that you need to be take care of yourself first before you can engage in charity. Well, and and I have that attitude about us as a country rel- relative to the rest of the world because I do think there are a lot of countries that um, would almost qualify as charities relative to the United States by the amount of money we give them every year. Well, I would I would agree, but we also you know I'm not into you know self-flagellation over our, our foreign policy, but the the, the crap in in, uh, in Iraq and in Syria sort of I mean we were. I'm, you know, part of those, that refugee crisis is because of us. 
Oh yeah, we're not. You yeah, know, I mean, it wasn't uh, like we weren't there, and all of a sudden stuff happened on its own, and and now people are. I, I have a. I don't travel the world like you do, so I have two world questions. Uh, well, the first, I guess, is maybe easier. What's happened to the, the Hang Seng market? But the, the 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 second one, and you know, you can take some time on this. I don't. I was talking to some people yesterday, uh, and we were talking a little bit about it on the air. We have now all of a sudden a lot of people from Venezuela evidently are trying to get in this country. Um, and we mentioned, you and I talked, God, Russell, was it three, four years ago, about about the place down there being a, essentially a bleep hole and the, and the money was worth nothing. And you and I were talking mm-hmm. about how, how do you even get on the bus? How do you get paid? How do you how do you buy food? Are you getting paid? Do you have a job? Can you, how, how do people even, is everything barter? I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll paint your house for, for a six-pack of tequila. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be funny there. I mean, I'm saying is, No, I, th- I think there is some of that. So I, 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 I remember reading an article about uh, how there was a, a burgeoning bar- barter economy in the Chicago projects 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and, and, and I assume that, uh, you know, in, in a place like uh, Venezuela, where there's not a lot of cash floating around, heck, yeah. But why it does not... I mean, I don't, I don't want to see... I guess you always want to make the first step. But I mean, I don't want to see 100,000 Venezuelans, you know, swimming across the Rio Grande. I mean, I mean, it's a problem. I think it's a little late for that. Isn't okay, it? but but I'm saying it's not surprising to me, knowing what's been or having some idea of what's been going on there in the last five years, that everybody isn't like the, the Irish potato famine, saying we got to get the hell out of here. Wherever it is, it's got to be better than here. I mean, the, the yeah. desperation down worth, there has got to be worth, horrible. Yeah, it's worth getting on top of a. Freight train and trying to sneak into the United States. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there, it most there's, definitely is. I mean, yeah. on the one hand, I'm with everybody that says you got to control your borders, you got to do all this kind of stuff. But I also know that there's what's the number? Six, seven, eight million people in the world that are not where they were because the conditions are yeah. so horribly. And you know, and it's it's fine to say, you know, we went through the statistics yesterday. Matt, uh, little Matt, Matt Byrne. There's like, what what is Jordan has like uh, six million people that are there, and they got like three million refugees. We, we can't just keep dumping them on that poor guy. I mean, right? No, no, and we can't keep dumping them on. They can't. You can't. And now we're seeing we can't even keep dumping them on cities. Yeah. Did you see that that the Biden administration is going to allow uh, or is coming up with temporary work visas for all these people that are you know basically living in New York City or living in Chicago? Uh, how happy would you be if you were a blue collar person in one of those cities to hear that you suddenly got eighty thousand new competitors? Uh, for the job that you have, well, and they'll probably do it for cheaper and happier. I, I think some cities, yeah, you know, it's again, Russell. This is like us playing chess on four different levels. The city of Chicago, I, I, I mentioned yesterday, is who? Uh, well, Carol was all all against you know letting anybody in and all kinds of things, uh, and I and I agree with the fact that there needs to be more control on it. But Chicago lost eighty thousand people last year. There have been there have been times in Chicago when I've lived here when I was younger when it was a really vibrant place, that you could have dropped 8,000 people here, and I'm assuming they're willing to work. If you're willing to get here from Venezuela, you must have some kind of stones, uh, wherever you're coming yeah. from. I mean, if we, we could have absorbed that without even thinking about it. And now, yeah. ev- now we're so screwed up that any little bit of a problem is magnified. We lost 80,000 people last year in the city, and now 8,000 are coming in. How... how by the numbers, how's that? I, mean, I, I get it. You know, we're, we're, we're going to house yeah. them for a while. I mean, but the fact is, we're still down seventy-two. You know, yeah. and, and who's to say? And, and beyond that, you know, you say you know you say that net, but 
Um, I think, you know, if, if you if you put a dollar, you know, if you put an income amount on that, I'll bet you it's a whole lot worse where uh, you have people like, you know, and this is an extreme example, but you have somebody like Ken Griffin yeah. who is, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you know it's who's doing pretty well, who doesn't live in Chicago anymore. And, you know, you know, him being replaced by somebody that managed to get across the border down in Mexico, that that's not very additive either. So it goes beyond just people. Well, also, it, it, it's the it's the people in Inglewood and the West Side that can can, can afford to leave. They're leaving. It's, it's the African-American community that's leaving. Oh, yeah. And, and that's yeah. horrible. But I, but I guess what I'm saying is if, if all of a sudden you, there's 500 of these people in, in some tent encampment and you pull up in two buses and you say, who wants to go pick up papers in the, in, in the, in the Forest Reserve and everybody hops on and you pay them a day's wage, what, what have you lost? I mean, we don't have anybody else who wants to do that. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. Um, you know, I, it's now. Are you going to get some bad but, people? But 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 um, the people that you take out to Forest Preserve to pick stuff up are they union members? Well, I don't. Th- there's nobody out there picking anything up. That's the point. Well, I'm just I'm just telling you. If you if, if there are a whole lot of things. If if you if if you have a if, if you go to a trade show at McCormick Place. You have to use a certain union to set up and tear oh, down. I, I get that. Well, they're, they're very powerful. Yeah, and and so you know it's the same thing. It's um, you know can can these people actually uh, displace union Russell, type people? Can they? Uh, Russell, there's nobody. Yeah. There's nobody doing anything in this city. Bring forty people out to Marquette Park. The place hasn't been clean in thirty years. You're not pushing yeah. people out of the way. There, no, that's my piece of paper. I'm picking up. There's nobody there. I know, but but what I'm saying, I'm, I'm kind of being you know a little, little sarcastic. I know when I say the union thing over and over again, but that is part of the deal. Well, I, all of a sudden, you know, the city of Chicago starts hiring people, and they do anything that somebody from the truck union does. You're going to have a real well, there's, problem. There's no question that know? if 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 15 of the guys from Venezuela, and I can't imagine this happening. The 15 of the guys say, wait a minute, I don't need to pick up papers. I'm an electrician, and you give them a job in the city doing electrical work, yeah, the union's going to be oh, pissed yeah, off. You're, if they don't have the card... Well, ooh, but I mean, maybe yeah. maybe you can get them a card. But, but I'm saying yeah. just regular manual labor, I don't... I, nobody, nobody wants to do any of this stuff for anybody, right? No, they don't. No. And it's not just here. It's uh, uh, all the college graduates that can't get a job in China are refusing to do blue-collar jobs. They'd just rather be full-time... Um, children at home well they also have been told and we, we we don't have time but we've talked about this in the city uh maybe maybe next time around russell let's, let's kick this one up because my nephew works for a place that does metal working and by the way mm-hmm. they're real busy because all of a sudden there's some businesses that have come back or i'll say come back from china or where the hell i came from but all of a sudden there's some mm-hmm. business and a lot of these places have stuff that's wearing out uh yeah. and all of a sudden now there's there's big bit but it's we're going from we're down to ten percent of what the business used to be in Chicago. Now we're inching back up toward fifteen or eighteen percent. So the question is, instead of you know, we're kind of disparaging the college kid that would never get his hands dirty. The simple fact is, would you do you have enough confidence in the future that this is going to stay like this, growing that you would ask ask or, or say to your kid, boy, there's a there's a big career in in big machine maintenance at the Tootsie Roll plant or someplace. I mean, we went through a whole two generations that all that all those jobs just went down down in the crapper. So yeah. for you to say that's going to be my life's work. By the way, 
the guys who used to do that stuff at Pullman, they enjoyed it. I mean, building stuff is, is fun. They, <laughs> you know, they're, right? they're guys that like doing stuff with their hands and stuff, yeah. you know? I tell you what. If, I, uh, we, you, we have a, I think we have a common acquaintance who, you know, worked at SIBO, and all he did all weekend was build tables. Yeah. That was his hobby. And if he lost his job at SIBO, he probably could have just done that for people. That's right. You know, he had another skill. Russell, so, thank you very much, buddy. Uh, you betcha, betcha. And, uh, S&P Futures down 26. These are the lows. Are you, uh, are you a seller or are you a buyer? Are you waiting? You let him go. Oh, well, so you're he hung up, and then you asked him a oh, question. I, 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 well, he, he dashes, <laughs> well, he's in a car, so he dashed right away. Normally, he's on Zoom, he, whatever. You know, one of these days I'll get to hang in this many. It's when you been say like goodbye 20. to someone, do you then ask him a question after they hang up? Most guys don't drop it. He, <laughs> he's in the car. All right. Anyway, again, I screw up again. It happens all the time. SP Futures <laughs> down 26. The SP down 95. Maddie, thank you. I'll back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. That's all, folks.